Hello and welcome to the All Things in Common podcast. We are a podcast of conversations among friends on life, love, community, and the impact of the gospel. Each episode uh, will explore important topics of human flourishing or languishing and how the good news of redemption can shape our perspective. My name is Wesley. And I'm Christopher, and it's so good to be here today. Yeah, welcome everyone. Thanks for joining. Now, uh, some of you are not going to join live, which is fine and great and dandy. Um, in uh, just reference of all of that, we actually are going to be also available on podcast streaming services. Um, I know for now the first episode is available on Spotify. We're still waiting on Apple Podcasts, um, but we will be able to be heard on those platforms and we'll keep you updated uh as we get that um set up uh you can follow us on facebook and on twitter and on instagram we're in the 21st century we're we're in the 21st century we haven't uh you know we're not we're not a bygone era and that feels that feels great (laughs) how you doing today chris Man, I'm doing great, man. Blessed by the most high. Been uh, enjoying this beautiful sunny day in beautiful Florida. How about you? Hey, it's a sunny day in Pennsylvania, too. Wow, look at that. We both have sunny days. We're able to enjoy them together, uh, which is awesome. Now, uh, <laughs> so our um, topic today is going is, well, as you may have noticed, our episode title is The Minority Report. Minority um, Report. The Minority Report, and uh, we are going to be talking about being a person of color in America, specifically. Um, for me, it's a strange topic to dig into because my experience as a person of color um, is uh, colored, you might say, uh, by the fact that I'm actually mixed. Um, my uh, dad is a white man, and my mother is of Chinese descent. Uh, my grandparents immigrated uh, from Hong Kong. And so when I approach this topic, I almost feel like, I don't know what quote unquote, what side I should, I should, um, be approaching it from, um, as a person of color or as a white person. Um, and I think the answer is both, which makes it a little difficult to, um, really, uh, I guess wrestle with what that means for me and what it means for my identity like my identity as a person um of different ethnic backgrounds uh is just uh part of how i um am continually sort of discovering what it means to be me uh, in my life yeah that's right um Good. Thanks, Wes. Um, and I'm approaching it from um, clearly what you see on screen here, besides this gorgeousity, um, as a Black man uh, growing up in America uh, in a very condensed uh, uh, urban environment. Uh, and the impact of the gospel, God's hand throughout my life um, as a person of color, right? Because we know that our identity is first in God and, and everything else second, uh, but it's still there, those identities. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. reason why we started this topic or we brought this topic today is because we just finished celebrating Juneteenth. Juneteenth. 
Wesley, did you know that Juneteenth is now a national holiday? You know, I I found that out last week. It, well, that was a good time to find it out. <laughs> <laughs> so for our viewers who don't know, um, uh, Juneteenth actually was celebrated probably as way back as um, 1866. Um, it is uh, the day that celebrates emancipation for the enslaved Africans uh, who were brought over here um, in 1619. And so it originated in Galveston, Texas. And funny enough, I was speaking with uh, a buddy a couple of days ago and he said, well, it's just kind of weird that people are now catching on to Juneteenth because I grew up and that's all I knew was Juneteenth. Uh, and so for him, this is like, wait, what? We've always had Juneteenth. Uh, but it, that's what we're we're talking about a little bit today. How we're getting into this topic? Yeah, yeah. I've I've actually um, it's an interesting topic because I I had a a a very sort of like minimal understanding of Juneteenth um, up until last year. Like I knew it was a holiday. I knew it celebrated like the freedom of black slaves in America and that like how it sort of was different from the Emancipation Proclamation, you know? Um, but I didn't really get to know more about it until last year, which I think is when most people um, started really learning about it. And to me, um, like, discovering that helped sort of shape my own understanding of the importance, sort of, of, of knowing the history of, uh, of people groups, of, of people, uh, and specifically, like, how how black americans have a deeply like a rich deep like full understanding of of their history and of what it means to be black in america and um how a lot of uh a lot of people i guess uh might not know the history of people of color the history of um peoples of color and specifically how the um, the United States of America, for our context at least, how in the United States of America, um, those those people have um, struggled, have um, had victories, have united, have had their own well history, right? It's almost like there's a hidden history um, within each each uh, people group uh, in the United States because. We always look at things from a from a way back um, sort of pulled back perspective, ten thousand feet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We have a ten thousand foot view, and because of that, the ma majority culture um, has has a history that is known. Just because that's, I mean, that's what it is, right? It's it's the majority culture. There's nothing wrong with being in a majority, um, but. Uh, there's also in terms, in terms of population in terms of <laughs> I, was, I was actually one who hated the term minority hated the term mm -hmm. uh, and still I'm not a big fan of it because right. uh, you even will read some headlines where it says the majority minority or whatever so mm -hmm. now if we're now saying majority like in particular in some cities um, now the people of color outnumber other people so right if they are now the majority minority or the minority majority, however they phrase it, what then does that word mean if it's not referring to population? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And 
and yeah, and it is a like, and it it obviously has an effect on what values are being pushed and what um, uh, cultural norms are being established because whatever is normal for the most people becomes just the rule for what it means to be normal but that's not necessarily the case um at the same time yeah i think it is back on topic the the importance of understanding history of a people and especially the history of the struggles and suffering um and how they have like gotten to the place that they are um, is so important and help and and part of understanding what it means to be um, in community. Like if we're going to be in community, if we as a church are going to value each person, um, part of that is valuing the cultural history. Like that's the Old Testament <laughs> of our Bible. Is wait, are you saying that I should value other cultures? But, like, what if I just don't see them? What if I'm just, like, blind <laughs> to them? Is that yeah. a thing still, or...? Yeah, it turns <laughs> out that, yeah, you can't just say... <laughs> you're you're blind to what's going on around you. Um, We can't live with blinders on, uh, as they say, so... That's right. Yeah. Because, I mean, the, the honest fact of it is, you know... Um, and I understand, I mean, what, I mean, this conversation in front of all of you is actually born out of conversations that Wesley and I already have, right? And so we've talked about this before. And so the thing about it is I understand the well-meaning of people when they say things like, you know, being colorblind or, you know, whatever. But the issue is the Bible just doesn't talk about it that way, right? Because when we look at, for instance, Revelation 7, when we see all tongues and tribes, they're like gathered around the throne worshiping, right? And so like God doesn't like wipe away these differences. And this is in the eschaton. This is in the age to come, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's so it's just, it, it's it's just that you know we need to you know if we're on if we're being serious about praying into um, if Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, guess what's happening in heaven? That's right. People like Wesley and people who look like me, fine, gorgeous. Um, they are around Less the gorgeous. throne, right? Ah, bro, that hair, you got it, bro. I do. You I got do. it. Although I am trying to bring back the shag, but that's off top. That's off top. Okay, that's right. Um, all people um, of all uh, that looks like all of us, right, around mm -hmm. the throne, because it doesn't matter what our skin looks like. Um, but what the Lord's blood did for us. Right, right. Um, yeah, we we are of different blood, but we share the one blood. Um, we take it in right. on Sundays, at least we do in the Anakin Church um, every Sunday to, as well, since the pandemic, it's happened less so, but we're still receiving um, the true body, you know, of, of Christ. We receive it by faith uh, because we are one body. And... Um, as like, and as I learn to understand the conversation that happens between people, between cultures, understanding histories, like I said at the beginning, I've always been confused on how to approach what it means to be a person of color. Because, I mean, yeah, I'm a person of color, but also, like, I'm not. <laughs> and it's been a very um, 
I guess, confusing thing for me, and especially over the last year with all of the um, the violence going on against Asian Americans. Um, I've, I've I haven't known how. I mean, obviously, the right reaction is like to to know that it's wrong like violence against any person um especially on on the basis um simply of of their their racial ethnic background is is wrong so um the guttural sort of anger at at that sin but um beyond that like how do i personally internalize what it means um because i've spent years the last like, you know, most of my 20s um, have been spent wrestling with the fact that I have distanced for the most part of my life from my Asian identity um, because there was an inherent shame in being different that I, I held, like, internalized, like, deeply inside me. I wouldn't have necessarily vocalized that, um, but I knew there was part of me that had shame um, just for being different externally, like just to to have something that no matter where I go, no matter what I do, um, I'm different, and that's just going to stand out. That's just going to be something. I'm going to be treated differently. I went to a, I, I used to work at a at a credit union, and um, this guy, like, and you talk about you know good intentions, of like I don't think he had any ill intent, and in fact I know he didn't have any ill intent in his heart, um, but he walks up. And uh, he just says, hey, God bless you. He looks at me and he goes, oh, Buddha bless you. And then he looks down and, says, you know, I wear a cross. And he goes, oh, God bless you. <laughs> and he, uh, yeah, and it was one of those weird things of like, I know he's trying to like be like culturally sensitive, but there are ways you can be culturally sensitive uh, with and I think, yeah, part of it is, like, I get approached sometimes um, being asked if I'm part of the internationals, like, if I'm going to the internationals brunch, if I'm part of the internationals ministry, um, which is, again, well-intentioned. Um, and, but but for me, someone who is already struggling with being comfortable with my Asian-ness, with the external appearance being what it is, which is not something to be shamed about. If anything, it's something to be celebrated. Like, I think it is something to be celebrated. And learning how to celebrate that is is a struggle that I've had because I don't want to celebrate it at the cost of my whiteness. Mm -hmm. um, and well, see, but that's the beauty, Wes. And I don't want to cut you off, but that's the beauty. I think you can actually celebrate, like, both things, right? Because, mm -hmm. like, you are wonderfully and fearfully created, right? Like, you are God's workmanship. Do you feel your head getting bigger? Uh, you should feel your heart getting it's bigger, the hair. Right? It, it is, it is the hair. The remote, Ramon style hair. Sorry, it's um, coming. Our, I wonder how many of our viewers know who the Ramones are. I can't say. Who knows? Um, but you are um, wonderfully made and shaped by the Lord. And he made you the way you are. And you can celebrate um, both of your heritage, right? Because there are things that um, you can celebrate on both sides. Like there's no mm -hmm. one people who have done everything right and everything wrong. 
it's weird when I hear your story or shocking, I think, when I hear your story about the, being at the credit union, because oftentimes, or when you're, you know, asked about being in international or whatever, because um, oftentimes, um, and again, I'm people who are just trying to connect with me, right? Um, you know, they will look at me and they'll say, oh, you know what? Um, I know this wonderful young man and I already know where it's going. His name is Jamal or his name is Raheem or whatever, right? And you already know the, the connection they're trying to make, right? Mm -hmm. So they're trying to do something that's actually, um, uh, they're, they're trying to connect with you. But I think the issue is the way we view people is at this surface level, but we don't like engage further, right? We don't ask questions. So instead of just saying, trying to make a connection with me um, through, you know, the one black friend that you have, right, that you had over for dinner in, you know, 1992, mm -hmm. why don't you ask me about me, right? What kind of music do I like? Uh, you know, what are my hobbies? You know, um, talk about yourself, right? That's how people get to know each other. I mean, because mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure um, that white people or Asian people or black people who don't know, who are trying to get to know other white people or Asian people or black people or Latino people, whatever, I'm pretty sure they don't say, oh, hey, Raul, I know this one guy, Jose. <laughs> they know him. No, yeah. you know what I'm trying to say. Right, right. Yeah, and I, I and it is one of those things where it's like how th there's some, like when I'm looking at somebody that shares my culture, um, I I can know I have questions that I want to ask them that I just ask them, um, and it, like we've got the the basic ones that that most people have like what oh are you in school are you working what you know. Uh, what do you like to do on the weekends? Like those surface level, let me get to know you questions. Um, but there's also, yeah, there is a, a strange sort of, um, I don't know if it's like a trigger that happens when it's somebody that is externally different, that is noticeably different um, without speaking to them. Um, where are you from? Right? Because the question isn't, the question isn't, you know, are you from around? I mean, it kind of is, are you from around here? But really the question is, I want to ask where in Asia are you from? Mm -hmm. Or I just want to ask that, you know, are you Chinese or are you whatever? Um, but the way it's, the way it comes across is um, just disingenuous. Yeah. And yeah. And I, and it's, it's one of those, yeah, it's just one of those weird things where it's like, if you want to get to know me to start off, like, there's more to knowing a person. Like, Christopher, if I asked you um, where you're from, and... I'd say my mama. Your mama? And where was your mama? <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the same way, like, and people will ask me, where are you from? And if I... No, I'm, I'm from Tampa. Well, no, but where are you from? Oh, well... I was, you know, <laughs> uh, no, where right. are your parents from? Right. Well, my dad was born in Tennessee, and, you know. Right, that's um, right. But there, there's just, there's things that you can learn about somebody from where they're from, but those are things that help, like, influence something you already know about them. Um, and so, 
figuring out how do I, like, what's the difference between how I approach people that are like me and how do I approach people that aren't like me, I think can help influence how we understand what it means to, like, know somebody. Um, because once we get past that awkward surface level, I don't know them aspect of, of a relationship, um, I think we can actually get to know them without having to point out that they're different. Exactly. And that's how you build community, right? Like when you get past the surface level, um, you know, top of the lake kind of information, mm -hmm. uh, when you really get, get down deep, that's when people start really making connections and coming together and understanding, wait a minute, we, I guess, have a lot more in common than we thought. Or, um, man, look at, we made have you know these things different but man um they're so interesting and uh, he's interested uh in me and she's interested in me and all sort of kind of stuff comes together mm -hmm. and then once you kind of have this community now you have a group of people who are on the same uh on the same uh on the same team so to speak that can actually begin to create change um particularly in the neighborhoods on, on a local level right because some of the, the issues that are going on is not even, see, it used to be where people who had different um, uh, ideologies, like, you know, we see a problem, right? Mm -hmm. um, and you may think to change it this way, I may think to change it this way, but at least we agree, we agree on the problem, right? Sure. But nowadays, we don't even agree on the problem. And a part of that, I think, is uh, we're talking past each other as opposed to speaking with each other and actually trying to understand. Was this journalist um, that I read, this was after, uh, not this past election, uh, but four years ago. Mm -hmm. And he said that he set out to um, just understand the other side. He said yeah. he didn't want to, you know, ask any questions, um, as, you know, from his first question, you know, he'll ask, hey, why'd you vote for this person? And then just shut up, right? And he said normally what he would do, and he said it took him a while to not do this, but normally what he would do is as soon as somebody would speak, he would begin thinking about how he would respond to that as opposed to actually listening. Mm -hmm. But then he mm -hmm. said an interesting start, thing started to happen. He began to cultivate this skill of listening to people and listening to them not to make response, um, but listening to them to understand and uh, be empathetic with you know their side. Now, yeah. at the end of the day, when he wrote the article, he said, "Well, there's some things that I still don't agree with, and because you know we have principles, right?" Sure. But he was able to be empathetic and not just label them as these crazy, you know, nut job wackos on one side or the other. And that's when real change um, through real community begins to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's like a major thing of how yeah like just the interacting with other people for the sake of getting to know them rather right. than for the sake of be it diversifying my friend group like i i'm fully supportive of people wanting to diversify their experiences wanting to diversify their friend group um and you know i i, I do the same thing like i don't I try not to just isolate myself. When I notice myself being isolated, I do tend to be like, okay, well, where can I go to maybe change this up a little bit? Um, but um, approaching people that are different from yourself or from the people that you spend time with, um, 
like has to like the motivation of doing it for the difference needs to end as soon as you start that approach mm-hmm. like my motivation so. to expand my boundaries is an is only good motivation once i once i take that action to to start expanding after that the motivation needs to be who is the person in front of me the motivation needs to be like how can i see this person and love this person the way that god sees them and loves them um and getting to know somebody for the sake of themselves um well yeah i mean for the sake of themselves knowing that they are worthy of love that's right that's right uh because you know the thing about it wesley and I, i like that you bring this up because Sometimes we just come into, um, we come into relationships with our own agenda, right? What can this person do for me? But again, I wonder if we can kind of go back to this idea of, you know, getting to know people at their own level and like figuring out like, how could you be a blessing to them? Mm. Uh, Because again, like if we're talking about, like if this show is about like creating, you know, community and like, you know, ways that we can flourish as neighborhoods, man, like getting to know people for who they are and how you can bless them goes way further than uh, anything, you know, any other motive that we would have that's self-serving for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I think that, well, and yeah, in in terms of community and like, I think a very, um, like a major value of, of, white culture and this is not like to be this is not a disparagement i think is the focus on the individual like on individual self that's like there's a big motivation on mental health now like understanding yourself and your trauma and who you are like i i'm i'm i've benefited greatly from from that focus um and at the same time like what how do i approach things how am i received what does it mean for me to be um like more x right whatever whatever x is be it successful caring loving um whatever i think there is a very um individualized aspect to that question um whereas i think there is more of a focus as you get into more um of the communities of color yeah communities of color on the community what does the community need what is like what does it mean for us to x right how can uh, how can we x how can we be x um and i do think that there's value on both ends i think god loves you and he values you and he has you on his mind but Uh, also (laughs) and and he wants you to thrive with those around you that's and right. he wants you to help others thrive, right? That's like, right. how can, you know, the people, the, the, the church, the first church in, in the beginning, in Acts, they um, gave all that they had and gave to each as they have need. How can I individually give freely to anyone who as they have need without, without assurance that they are also giving as I have need? Yeah, that's right. Being, being self-giving. I mean, the first Christians, I don't know if we spoke about this before, but one of the things about the first Christians when um, they started to take Rome by storm is um, they would go in the streets. There would be like discarded babies, literally discarded babies in the street. Mm-hmm. They would collect these babies and give them a home, right? 
there'd be these people, these rejects, these outcasts of society that would, again, be on the streets. And what would the Christians do? They'd be feeding these people. They'd be clothing these people. They'd be bringing these people into their homes, right? Um, and it was a collective effort. It wasn't just, um, uh, you know, kind of a maverick kind of a thing. Like, the Christian community was doing this, right? The church was right. doing it. And so how do we, like, even reclaim some of this for the church today? Hmm. Yeah, no, that's a great that's a great question. I think part of that, again, goes back to what this whole conversation is, is like, how do I look around me and see the value of the people that are there? How do I see them the way God sees them? Like, what does God want? <laughs> like, your kingdom come, your will be done, right? Uh, as And who, who interprets that, right? Who interprets that and how do we know it? We know it by being in tune with the spirit. We know it by having scripture on the mind and on the heart. And we know it by taking part in the community. That's right. By being part of the people of God. And the people of God um, look like includes every tribe, tongue, and nation. That's right. So That's how right. so how do we how do we get to know more deeply the heart of God? We we worship together, every tribe, tongue, and nation, and serve those That's who right. are in need. That's right. Without prejudgment. Mm -hmm. Without prejudgment. Like, not even like, because sometimes, like, so as humans, we're all prone to put people in boxes, right? Because that's how we make sense of the world, right? And mm -hmm. this is a good thing in many cases, because uh, if we didn't put people in, or put things in categories, to make sense of the world, uh, it'd be chaos, right? Right. right. But the problem is, um, we are too ready to do that with people without getting to know them. Mm. Now, so we're called today's episode is called the Minority Report, right? The Minority Report. Can I get that? <laughs> minority Report. Minority Report. Um, and so I, I, I actually watched it again last night, Wesley. You don't yeah. even know this. Last night I didn't know this. I watched it again last night because I was like, you know what? Let me the, watch this. Thing. The movie. <laughs> There's a movie called Minority Report starring Tom Hanks, or not Tom yeah. Hanks, Tom Cruise, Tom the Tom other Cruise. Tom. The, the other time. The other time. Gen A, not the Gen A time. That's right. <laughs> it's yeah, but go go ahead. I just wanted uh, well, in case anyone didn't know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So the Minority Report is a um a movie starring Tom Cruise, Mission Impossible. Mm -hmm. Uh and he is a policeman in the pre crime department in Washington uh Washington DC. And the whole point of the pre-crime unit is to stop crime before it happens, right? That's the basic plot. Um, but then he finds out, you know, that there is the fixes in and somebody is setting him up to commit a crime to knock him out. But I, I began to think about this thing. Because the whole idea of, like, the minority report is um, there is uh, there's these three um, oracles, if you will, who can predict the future and they can see the crimes before it happens. Um, there's the two twins and then there's the one that's more powerful than both. And she actually um, is the one that kind of like holds the whole thing together. By the way, that's a spoiler alert if you didn't see the movie already. Ooh. All right. If, if you haven't seen Minority Report, I encourage you to pause the, the this right here, right now. Uh, go watch the Minority Report, then come back and, come and, back. and watch the last two minutes <laughs> that we have here. <laughs> that's, 
right. That's right. Um, and um, so, um, so what happens is they all three will come up with like a vision, an oracle of what's going to happen or this killing or whatever. But then when the one um, oracle has a dissenting or a different oracle, what's going to happen because they want to keep the status quo and keep, you know, public peace or whatever, they trash that dissenting um, uh, view or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I think it's interesting for two reasons this movie. One is that um, the whole idea of people being considered guilty even before the crime is committed, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that so many times in our society, like I see you, you look like this, you're guilty, mm -hmm. right? Even before I get to know you, I don't know anything about you. Yeah. Um, but this is, you know, you're guilty of- This is who you are, right. Right. And then the second thing is, um, that I think is just so interesting about this movie as it relates to this, uh, being first called America, is anytime there's a dissenting voice, um, it seems to be buried to preserve like this corrupt system, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So you have um, people who are saying, wait a minute, there is a lot of violence going mm -hmm. on um, mm -hmm. in our communities from people who are supposed to be protecting us, right? Uh, like what's going on? But that that's buried until um, George Floyd. And we won't get much into that, uh, but regardless of say, that put um, everything that people of color, particularly black Americans in this country mm -hmm. have been saying for not just, you know, years, not just decades, but literally centuries. Because mm -hmm. the thing about it is, like after emancipation, it wasn't like everything was gumdrops and roses, right? <laughs> uh, because after, I mean, after uh, emancipation, you had peonage. For those of you, uh, look up peonage. There's a great documentary on PBS about peonage. But basically a form of indentured servitude. Mm -hmm. There's uh, Jim Crow, there's uh, black codes, there's segregation, there's redlining, redistricting. I mean, fill in the blanks, right? 13th Amendment, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, right, right. The the uh, Reconstruction Amendments, right? 13, mm -hmm. 14, 15th, right? That needed to keep coming because it wasn't just like after, you know, Emancipation Proclamation happened that all of a sudden things were great for, you know, black people in this country, mm -hmm. but then they had to be like considered citizens. They had to have the right to vote and all sorts of kind of stuff in these, uh, in the latter uh, amendment. So um, it's just interesting how we as a people, and I, I'm not blaming any one particular group because everybody does it. Yeah. Everybody does it, right? Um, we put people in these categories without first getting to know them. And then the dangerous thing is we begin to act on those preconceived categories without knowing the person. How on earth can you lead, how on earth can you build a community mm -hmm. and how on earth can you uh, lead a community to flourishing when you don't even get to know who these people mm -hmm. are? Yeah, for sure. And I think also like to throw another dated um, pop culture reference in the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I love dated pop culture references. Um, but in the Lord of the Rings, uh, the character Smeagol slash Gollum uh, is, you know, who has, has done wrong things. Uh, he is treated lovingly by Frodo. And then, um, but Sam, his companion, mm -hmm. doesn't trust him at all. 
He never calls him by his true name, Smeagol. And he always treats him like uh, he is going to betray them. Um, and he continues that on their whole journey. And eventually, Smeagol does end up betraying them. But it's hard to not see how how the prejudgment yeah. of Sam yeah. um, pushed him in that direction. So yeah. not only um, are prejudgments unfair... Prejudgments can actually become self-fulfilling because if mm. a person is told their whole life they are only this, mm. they start believing it themselves, and they have then tr- they have a lot more trouble breaking out of the cycle internally That's to right. be anything different. That's right. Wes, I think we just solved the problems of the world. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Join us next <laughs> week for World Hunger. <laughs> <laughs> that's right Wesley what are we having next week uh, next week we're going to talk about actually it's um similar topic we're going to talk about loving um, those we disagree with um, a poppy title will be um, in the works uh, but yeah we are going to talk about um, what it looks like to love while disagreeing while in disagreement with somebody else to still be able to love them um so we look forward to that. Again, we will have these available on podcast um, streaming. So um, they'll be available for you on your ride to work and things like that. Uh, but in the meantime, um, please follow us on any social media platforms you may be on. Um, and join our conversation if you're able. Oops, sorry, I'm making a lot like, of noises right now. Like, subscribe. Like, subscribe. Thumbs up. Hit set, the bell. Set alerts. Yeah. Like, subscribe. And yeah. I I don't know. I'm I'm new to this whole thing. But yes, I would all, like that. All of the things they need to do. All of the things. Do the things that everyone that does this professionally tells you to do. Right. And then let us know what those things are so we can then tell people to do <laughs> them. We can tell them what those <laughs> are so that we can tell other people to do them. Thank you. And Chris, if you could pray us out. Absolutely. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. God, we just thank you for another day. God, for your goodness and your kindness, Lord, for the beauty that you've created, Lord. Uh, Lord, for how uh, each and every one of us, Lord, are different, Lord, but we're all loved by you, God. Lord, I ask that um, everyone who would hear us, Lord, everyone at the sound of my voice, God, uh, would come to know you, would grow closer to you, Lord God. Lord, I ask that you would help us to put... um, our differences in perspective, Lord God, Lord, that we would appreciate and celebrate those differences, Lord God, and Lord, that ultimately, Lord, uh, they would lead back to the great artist who is you, Lord. Mm. God, we thank you. We praise you. God, we give you all the glory and all the honor. God, we ask it in the holy, in the mighty, in the powerful, in the absolutely matchless and strong name of your only Son and our only Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you very much for joining us, and uh, we look forward to seeing everyone next week. Good seeing you, brother. All right. Peace.